0: For any sort of commission structure, you want to ensure that what you're providing for your partners is incentivizing. If you don't have experience in the space, if you're not working with somebody who's familiar in the space, like a managed service like CJ, one of the key ways to do that is, is really going to be in conversation with your publishers to understand what they're receiving elsewhere and then what it's going to take in order to incentivize them to promote your brand.
1: Welcome back to Influencer Business, the playground for brands and creators. I'm your host, Austin Munhofen. This is our very last episode in season five of Influencer Business. I cannot believe it, but I am thrilled to be joined by Lindsay Alesso, who is going to give you such wonderful conversation as you will soon find out. Lindsay is a Senior Client Development Manager at CJ Affiliate, who has worked with a number of global brands in the travel, retail, fashion, and sportswear space on their marketing objectives to create and execute short and long-term affiliate strategies. She's been a panelist for many affiliate events that are focused on the value of content and has herself received recognition and accolades for her own work and content strategy. In this episode, we dive in fast and deep, discussing the intricacies, strategies, and tactics of affiliate marketing. It is awesome. But before we begin, I want to tell you more about our seasoned sponsor who makes bringing you awesome free content possible, CJ. CJ is the affiliate network of choice for influencers and content creators. Whether you're looking to earn long-term residual income from your favorite brands or want more opportunities for sponsored content, CJ offers an easy to use supportive solution with the tools and dedicated experts that help set you up for lasting success. One of the best parts about CJ is all the data. We're going to talk more about this in this episode, but you have All this rich data at your fingertips in CJ that will help you plan and optimize your content based on what's performing well. And you have access to the same data as the brands, which leads to better decisions and even stronger partnerships for everyone involved. So head over to cj.com slash Trove to learn more. Without further ado, let's welcome Lindsay to the podcast. Lindsay, thank you so much for joining us on Influencer Business.
0: Hi, thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to be here.
1: I'm so excited you're here and I'm excited for many reasons. One, because you're from CJ and we're big fans of CJ. So happy to talk with another person this this season from CJ. And also, this is our last episode of the season. So it's kind of a celebratory one.
0: So exciting. Yeah,
1: congratulations. Thank you. So you and I just met recently, and it was really great and informative to hear more about you and your role at CJ. So let's just dig in. And if you can share with our audience more about what you do at CJ and who you serve, let's let's go from there.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So I am a senior client development manager at CJ, and I sit uh, under the client development side of the business, which is essentially our management services So throughout my career, I've uh, been dedicated to specific brand portfolios, and I work closely with them to understand their broader marketing objectives, to create seasonal and annual strategies for them, and to see to the execution of these strategies to make sure that we're optimizing our brand's relationships with CJ, our platform, as well as their partners and influencer relationships.
1: Wow. That, That sounds like a lot. How did you... And maybe we should have started from here, but how did you get into this space?
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, um, I like to say affiliate marketing chose me, but I don't have a super exciting story. I pretty much came into affiliate right out of college. I was uh, majoring in global studies, which is all about the interconnectedness of the world through politics and economics and as an extension you know media and communications and so i found myself in marketing coming out of college and have really grown my career from there starting in more tactical roles really focusing on you know the onboarding and recruitment recruiting of partnerships and have just sort of continued the journey from there um really enjoyed my time at, at cj but um i have to admit I, I didn't grow up knowing that i would join the affiliate space and uh, it's been really fun to to grow into that and to watch affiliate change over the last several years.
1: What are some of the biggest changes you've noted over the last couple of years?
0: I mean, um, affiliates almost become household term I I've seen the space change quite a bit in the last few years I mean when I started we were primarily working with bloggers and um, we're seeing you know the emergence of platforms but also these platforms change and changing how the ways that creators are interacting with their followers um, video really emerging in the space has been exciting I never could have imagined you know a few years ago that I would see influencers talking about affiliate and educating their followers on what affiliate is um, affiliate used to be this channel that people used and had never heard of before, but more and more it's becoming a household term. And it's just been really exciting to to be along the ride as it starts to get more exposure in the space.
1: Two things that I want to pick out from that. One is, I think you alluded to something which is really powerful. And that is that Tools like new tools, a new platform, social platforms arise that kind of set or steer the direction or the trajectory of content creators. You mentioned more video based content, for example. You know, you started out saying blogging, web based platforms, um, and now video, obviously, video being uh, TikTok, video being more. Instagram video based. Um, So I just think it's really interesting how these social platforms, either new and emerging ones, or new features that get incorporated and pushed out through existing social channels, kind of help, you know, direct the content creator as to where to spend their time and how to reach who they want to reach.
0: For sure. And um, I think what's so interesting, there's, I mean, each platform provides a completely different benefit to the influencer. You have video like TikTok and Reels that really help them to generate their own awareness and their, really scale their own brand through reach and um, getting in front of new followers and and. Uh, consumers for lack of a better word. But on the other hand, you still have these platforms like long form video or um, even elements of Instagram TV or Instagram that enable for that really intimate and deep connection with followers. And so it's just been interesting as these platforms try to sway partners and sway influencers into their own direction, that influencers are, are finding ways and strategies to use each one to their own benefit and to help really scale their own objectives and priorities as a brand.
1: Definitely content creators and brands for that matter have to be pretty nimble in their strategy um, as new things emerge. So I, I do have to ask, this is a side question. How much uh, of TikTok do you see baked into influencer campaigns and your work with your specific clients that you have? Good
0: question. Very recently, more and more, um, (laughs) had you asked me six months ago, I would have said zero. But in the last few months, I've been working with brands to activate in TikTok and to understand what the value of the platform is and still very much in the learning and discovery phase. But um, right now, I really see TikTok and Reels as going hand in hand that any work that you're doing in the Instagram space, especially as it pertains to any video content, can ultimately be replicated in TikTok as well. Um, it's just about figuring out how to measure its success when we're you know, learning and trying to benchmark in a, an entirely new channel and platform. Wow.
1: The, the other original question that I had based on your initial response was, you talk about affiliate. Can you describe what affiliate means, define what affiliate marketing is for maybe some listeners who are unaware or have heard that, but aren't quite, they think they might know what it is, but aren't exactly sure what it is.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So um, affiliate is essentially a technology that connects two groups. You have your brands and your publishers. Um, Publishers can, you know, meet a lot of different things, anything from an e commerce platform to a creator, an influencer. And uh, essentially, it's the technology that connects the two through tracking and uh, provides a commission to our two publishers for any referred actions that our publisher would drive to our brand's websites. So um, think of, you know, hosting a link on your website. You are talking about all of your favorite. All of your um, all the gifts that you're gonna buy this next season for your kids and you're hosting a number of links. If the person reading your blog or person looking at this content clicks through, makes a purchase, you would essentially make a commission of that purchase um, in as a as a bounty or as an incentive for your referral of traffic and organic content.
1: And when it comes to commission structures, uh, have you seen that they vary based on industry? How would a brand decide what a strong commission structure is, what a realistic one is?
0: Oh, that's a good question. It's definitely going to vary based on your vertical um, for example, you know, you might even be commissioning on completely different actions. To one brand, you may be trying to um, incentivize subscriptions. For another, you may be looking to incentivize sales on your website, and so the bounty is going to be relative to you know, your, your specific brand, your specific margins, but also what the industry standard is. So for any sort of commission structure, you want to ensure that what you're providing for your partners is incentivizing. And if you don't have experience in the space, if you're not working with somebody who's familiar in the space, like a managed service, like CJ, one of the, uh one of the key ways to do that is is really going to be in conversation with your with your publishers to understand what they're receiving elsewhere and, and what it's going to take in order to incentivize them to promote your brand.
1: And that is an okay question for brands to ask of content creators they're they're hoping to work with. Just a flat out, um, "I'm new to this space. I want this to be an attractive offer for you. Can you help me understand what the." what the standard is in my industry, my vertical, um, in terms of commission structure based on your experience. That is a totally fine, appropriate, and even encouraged conversation to have.
0: I would say so. I mean, at the end of the day, um, you know, you have to take some of this with a grain of salt. That is the benefit of managed services: is that you know you're you're working with people who do have visibility into other clients. You do have um, people who can help facilitate some of those negotiations. But um, absolutely, if you are looking to grow your brand and to um, generate more awareness or to increase your you know uh, share of voice in the affiliate space. Ultimately, it needs to be incentivizing, and so the only way you're going to know what it's going to take is to begin enter into some of those conversations with partners and to understand what they're receiving elsewhere.
1: So, can you tell us a little bit more about your role in um, brand storytelling and strategy in that regard?
0: Sure, absolutely. So, you know, I work in the affiliate space on the managed services side of the business. As I mentioned, I work with portfolios of brands and my role is to really understand what their long-term marketing goals and, and strategies are. And um, part of that pertains to brand storytelling, things that they're looking to towel around to generate brand awareness, to promote specific products, to um, promote specific events or um, seasonal collections. Um, so I would work with a brand team to understand what they're looking to tell on their owned and and operated channels and and what ways they could use third-party authentication and influencer work to um, generate more awareness around their storytelling and priorities for the season.
1: So you mentioned long-term and seasonal. So in terms of better understanding a brand's long-term goals, what are we defining as long-term? Quarter, half year, full year, what kind of timeline are we trying to think within?
0: Yeah, I would say um, it varies, but, you know, semi-annual, annual strategies, both both come up. Um, when we think about short-term, we work from a, a quarter on a quarterly basis to execute, you know, priorities for the season, but it can vary widely if I'm looking long-term, probably more annual.
1: Okay. And, so going back to the quarter and the seasonal, we are in Q4 and Q4 is oftentimes the busiest for brands, e-commerce, content creators, everything. Uh, what, What are you seeing this quarter? Are you finding that to be true that the spend for Q4 is greater than Q1 through Q3?
0: Absolutely. I mean, I think it depends what vertical you're in. So, you know, if you are a brand that a retail brand, Q4 is a must win. Um, You know, oftentimes you're going to see a large percentage of your annual revenue come just from Q4 alone. And so having, you know, marketing strategies in place and and I'm already seeing plans set for the entire season uh, that are important to be put into place uh, just to ensure that you have visibility and highly competitive landscape when there's a lot of noise, um, but also a lot of high intent consumers who are looking to do shopping and, and, uh, and looking to buy gifts for loved ones.
1: And the brand obviously wants to get, um, to make the most of Q4 by Partnering with content creators so that they can spread the word even more to all of the content creators' followers. Um, how do you find the right content creators for the brands that you serve?
0: Yeah, good question. So CJ actually is a partnership with a platform called Creator IQ, where that we leverage for partner discovery and recruitment. You, we can also um, do that partner discovery and recruitment through our own platform. But um, essentially, anytime I'm looking to recruit for a brand, I want to understand, you know, who is the brand trying to reach and what platforms help them to authenticate their brand's products on the ground with their ideal consumer and with that key demographic.
1: So if there is a brand who's listening to this episode who is not on one of these platforms, how do you recommend they go about finding the right content creator to partner with?
0: So there's, there's two things that come to mind. Um, of course, you know, access to one of these platforms is is not far off. So I would highly recommend that if you don't have access to a platform or a partnership like CJ um, to explore that and to, you know, see a partnership like that as an extension of your work, not monopolizing your work, but really helping complement and, and scale your efforts within your immediate team's but if you are looking to, you know, discover influencers through your own efforts, um, I mean, desk research is, is really what it's going to come down to. You're going to have to um, spend time recruiting and and looking through uh, through Google searches who's ranking high in SEO. You're going to have to look at popular tags in the space. Um, it's going to take it's going to be very time consuming and, and potentially resource heavy. But um, leveraging some of the you know discovery tools that you have through both um, organic search and your uh, platform of choice is going to be really the only way that you're going to be able to discover and to um, engage with these partners offline.
1: And when you say your platform of choice, how would a brand know which platforms um, they would be most successful on?
0: First they have to define their goals. So depending on the goals of their campaign, it's going to it's going to affect what platforms that they work with partners on. So we talked about this a little bit at the beginning, but for example, if you are looking to really grow in terms of awareness. The most, you know, cost-effective strategy maybe to engage through Reels or through TikTok because you're going to be able to expand and scale your brand voice at um, potentially a lower price point. But also, um, those are those platforms are designed to for virality and for exposure and awareness if you're looking to do storytelling or to educate on your brand or to you know drive a focus around a specific product you may want to look to a, a website or blog platform or look to instagram for or YouTube for more long form storytelling um, to really help dive into the benefits of your brand, the benefits of your product. So before starting any campaign, before deciding what platforms you want to activate on, you have to understand or you have to define what your key performance indicators are and what your goals are for your efforts.
1: I love that you brought up KPI because I have a note here that says ROI, KPI, other important acronyms. There's so many. (laughs) Yeah what so KPI key performance indicators that y- you mentioned that is really important for a brand to establish and for I think, a content creator to know. Something that I tell um, our content creators at Gush and Grow is let's just ask the brand what their KPIs are for this campaign because the more information we know in terms of how they're measuring this success for this partnership, the better we are set up to deliver on those KPIs. So, absolutely, I'm a huge proponent of transparency when it comes to ROI return on investment or ROAS return on ad spend. are those established metrics that the brand comes to the table with? Are they looking to you to help guide them in terms of uh, expectation, what they should be looking for? Um, How do you help them with that?
0: Sure. So like any marketing channel, each Each channel, each area that you're extending your marketing efforts, you're going to define with uh, to a different benchmark. If you're working in the paid search space versus the paid social space versus working on an influencer campaign, you are going to be benchmarking it differently differently based on the value that it brings to your overall marketing ecosystem. Um, so in terms of some of those benchmarks, you know, I would say from a brand perspective, the I- ideal solution when setting up a campaign is transparency into if you already have some of these efforts in place, um, enabling your partners to benchmark against those goals and providing that visibility to your partners. If you're if you're brand new and you're looking to to understand, you you won't know how to benchmark until you start working in the space and you understand, you know what the earnings potential is and what the opportunity is. Um, I think what all, what else is important is that when you talk about ROI from a campaign basis, you know that could be defined. In ROI is obviously very explicit what you're getting versus what you're spending. But there are other ways to measure that, and if aligned to broader goals. For example, we talked about brand awareness, um, being able to measure and benchmark your campaigns against a CPM or a cost per engagement, measuring the engagement of your posts to understand um, how effective the how effective your you know, sponsored work is in really generating and beginning that conversation with consumers. So um, important to keep an open mind and to understand where the value and what the real value is of content and, and what the value is of influencer work, but also to just have realistic expectations of how to benchmark in light of that.
1: We have something so exciting to share with you. Gush and Grow, who are partners of Trove, are coming out with a course, a course for influencers and content creators all about how to land paid brand collaborations and partnerships, how to land those with authenticity, with integrity, with confidence, and do it effectively. The thing that lights us up the most at Gush and Grow is helping our clients' dreams come true as solopreneurs. And oftentimes that includes partnering with their dream brands. So we've turned our most popular workshop into a course, making it widely available so that you can land your ideal paid brand collabs and partnerships. It is the most comprehensive course we've created for the best value. And if this is of interest to you, highly, highly encourage you to go to gushandgrow.com slash courses to get on the list. For those who are unfamiliar with CPM, how do you define CPM?
0: So CPM is cost per thousand impressions. So you're essentially looking at, you know, how much money you're investing versus how many times your uh, post or your, you know, sponsored work got in front of consumers. Um, You can also look at that from a cost per reach perspective, and both are going to help you understand what, yeah, how many individuals you, you got in front of. You can also, you know, sometimes we measure engagement just by the potential reach. So a number, how many followers a influencer has and, and figuring out how effective you were at, at beginning conversations with them. But as we move into platforms like TikTok, which are not necessarily, your exposure is not limited to the number of followers as the Instagram algorithm changes. So so you're not um, reliant on, you know, a certain number of followers for your content to get discovered. More and more impressions and reach is going to be a benchmark that's going to be helpful in, in really defining and understanding the scale and impact of your campaign.
1: Wow. Numbers, data, something about CJ that is unique um, is the data and that visibility of the data so that brands and influencers can um, make more informed decisions in terms of partnerships. Can you
0: speak to that particular feature of CJ? I would love to. I think this is our, our key differentiator, so I'm excited. Um, so, you know, in affiliate, we talked about the, long, the value of long-term monetization, um, that affiliate is providing tools to, for that enable influencers to promote organically. Um, so traditionally, affiliate is measured through what we would call like traditional performance marketing KPIs. We're going to measure through conversions, sales, traffic. And um, oftentimes brands are getting hounded by not only affiliate agencies, but also influencer campaign management agencies that are looking to own this track of work. And so it's hard to understand what's the difference between the two. And um, so this is our key differentiator. And um, I'll, I'll tell you why. So brands have both affiliate and influencer agencies knocking on their door, providing their solutions. All the time. Um, And it's important to understand that each traditionally has had its own value. Affiliate, um, we have access to all sorts of more traditional uh, performance marketing KPIs, everything from conversions, sales, leads, traffic, and we have insights that also give us visibility into, you know, the down funnel conversion and the extended click path. Um, But then on the flip side, you'll also hear from these influencer agencies who are pitching their campaign solutions, and they may be providing a completely different subset of metrics. They might be looking at traditional social media metrics, like we just talked about, impressions and reach, um, engagements, things like that. And so what's so unique and incredible about CJ is that we're really able to provide the best of both worlds. We have um, the performance marketing insights that and the tools that enable us to partner with influencers and publishers long term on behalf of the brand. But we also have the expertise in social media and the metrics and visibility into social media that enable us to be experts at brand storytelling as well.
1: That's great. That was a, that was a great answer. So we've talked a, a lot up to this point and we've touched on many different things, all very rich information from strategy to partner discovery, data exposure metrics for campaign success. But I kind of want to go back to partner content creator discovery. Oh, and the criteria, what what is some of the criteria you use to help determine who the best content creators are for your brands to partner with? Is it the, and also is it universal or does it depend based on brand?
0: That's, yeah, that's a good question. Um, to answer your last question about, you know, whether or not it depends on the brand, I, I would say absolutely. Um, especially if as a smaller brand, you are looking to you know, extend your brand voice and to generate just awareness. I would say taking a broad approach to your casting and recruitment is, is not a bad thing. And um, the reality is in, in the traditional affiliate context, there's very low risk in onboarding partnerships because you're only going to be paying them on a cost per action. So you only pay them if they benefit your bottom line, if they're generating sales and conversions, um, if you're looking to, you know, onboard for uh, bigger brands or brands with a, a very defined voice and demographic, um, I would say start there. Become a brand as you're as you're casting. You have to be your own brand expert. Um, you have to understand what the what your goals are. And so, um, rec- from a recruitment perspective, you want to find partners that help to help you to extend your brand voice by being, you know, in front of your ideal consumer. You also want to look at how there's the strength of their engagement with their consumers outside of, or their followers outside of sponsored content. So just generally, you know, are they a trusted source? Do they, um, are they able to authenticate a product because they have, um, trust in the space and they have relationships with their followers, those are two things that I I would prioritize when recruiting partners brand new. If you're looking to work with a partner in a sponsored capacity and one of your goals is volume or sales, then, you know, their scale and reach is going to be very important and that's going to have to be a consideration. And if you have past performance, you should consider that at the very least for, um, you know setting your own expectations or benchmarks for success um but Ultimately, I would say, you know, in a non-sponsored capacity, it's really low risk to bring onboard partners in an affiliate context. And the benefit of working in the affiliate space is that you're able to forge long-term relationships. And so whether or not it's the perfect fit for your demographic or um, they're an extension into an entirely new audience base, you really can't go wrong as the the risk is so low when you're looking to partner in um, and really just to promote your brand in an way
1: way. You mentioned engagement and, um, and that being an, a factor to consider, how does a brand calculate what a content creator's engagement or engagement
0: rate is? Yeah. So, um, uh, technically I think they're, depending on if you're looking at video or static Instagram posts, it's going to look a little different, but the traditional, uh, the traditional calculation for engagement is going to be Um, comments, and likes divided by the number of followers. If you're looking at video, I think technically um, now they divide it by the number of video views just because of how video operates a little differently in the space, but uh, it's pretty pretty much tied to comments and likes is that's going to be the way that they measure their ability to uh, engage in, and capture the consumer.
1: And is there an online calculator or tool that you point people to to help do this or are they going to be spending a couple hours calcula- doing some math calculations? <laughs>
0: Um, Excel is your best friend. So, in CJ, we actually, through our our partnership with Creator IQ, we're able to operationalize a lot of this. But, you know, traditionally, back in the day, um, I was calculating all of these things via Excel. Um, So, I would say Excel is is definitely your best friend. I'm sure there are some calculators. I don't have one offhand, but I'm sure you could Google one pretty easily.
1: That's great. Well. Thank you so much. I, there's so much more we could talk about, I'm sure. But alas, we do have a time limit. And I'm really excited to go to this next section of our conversation, which is our rapid fire, which you may or may not be prepared for. This is how we like to end all conversations because it's fun. And why not? Sounds good. All right. The first one is your favorite food or meal.
0: Sushi. I'm a West Coast gal, so sushi all the way.
1: Sushi. You are not the first person to say, maybe not even the second to say sushi. Is there a particular kind of sushi?
0: I like it all. I like the raw stuff. I like the big stuff. I don't discriminate. (laughs) All right. Most used app on your phone? Instagram. Definitely Instagram. I mean, not even just because I'm in the influencer space. I'm just addicted like everybody else.
1: All right. So this is a personal, from a personal approach. <laughs> Absolutely. Got it. What was your last Google search?
0: Ooh, um, I made some jackfruit tacos last night. So I was helping, I was looking for a recipe um, to uh, go along with that. So was Googling some recipes. How did it turn out? It was good. Yeah. Have you, had, you, have you had jackfruit?
1: No, I'm not even sure I know what that is.
0: It's uh, it's a fruit and you can buy it canned at Trader Joe's. And if you um, if you shred it, it has the texture of like shredded chicken. So you can put sauces on it and it essentially, you could do like a pulled pork. I did like a roasted red pepper sauce on it and then made wraps. They were really good. Or I'm sorry, I made tacos.
1: This is a fruit that has the texture of a meat? Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: I'm from the West Coast. We got a little ve- oh, got a lot of vegan food over here. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay. I guess I have to try it.
0: It's good. I'd recommend.
1: What are you most excited about in this industry?
0: Good question. I am very excited about the impact Gen Z is having on the space. Um, Gen Z is, you know, uh, ripping apart all the curated content. They're all about authenticity. They're very, very loud in the video space. Um, It's exciting to see the way that they're, what some of their content looks like. And I think it lends itself very well to Affiliate, all about that organic authenticity.
1: I feel like we could do a whole episode on Gen Z. For sure. I mean, what we're seeing, predictions, we could probably even go into alpha next. Absolutely. Um, And okay, that, that was great. And I actually want to ask you one more. This is something I didn't necessarily include in the rapid fire, but mm-hmm. I'm very curious to know what advice you would give to a small brand or maybe medium, large brand you pick who uh, is trying to figure out how to come up with a successful strategy when it comes to influencer market, marketing and affiliate programs?
0: Yeah. I mean, I would say, don't hesitate, dive in. Um, we talked about some of these things, but, you know, define what your goals are early on you need to have a definition of your goals in order to align to a strategy that's going to help you facilitate those. I see a lot of brands come in and have, um, goals from every angle and, and ultimately just, it sets itself up for failure if it's not focused on, um, on one thing. So figuring out is your goal exposure is your goal, you know, third-party validation of product? Is it education? Is it, um, awareness around a certain event? Um, so ultimately, you know, defining your goals, um, and just, you know, diving in, seeing what works, seeing what doesn't, and, and, and don't hesitate. I don't have to, I don't have to tell you the value of, uh, of, word-of-mouth marketing and the value of influencer marketing, I know, I think we all, I definitely can personally attest to um, the influence that it has on me and, and my purchasing habits. So um, there is, you know, no, there's really no downside in, in exploring it and extending your brand through third parties.
1: Thank you so much, Lindsay, for answering that question, all the questions, the value you brought to this conversation. I really appreciate your time and your expertise So and your transparency. Thank you. Thank you so much. A truly thought-provoking conversation with Lindsay. So grateful for her time. Some takeaways from our time together. One platforms change and that changes the way creators interact with their followers, which is ultimately important for brands to know because that impacts their strategy. Two, to understand how strong your commission structure is, just ask content creators. It's okay to have that open and transparent conversation. Three, before starting any campaign, before deciding on any platforms you want to activate on, define your goals and what your KPIs are for your efforts. I'm sure there are many more takeaways that you got from this episode. Thank you for joining us for season five. We hope you've enjoyed it and have applied these valuable conversations to grow and strategize your business efforts. Two things I want you to do before you leave. One, tap that five-star rating so we can bring you more wonderful free content next season. And two, subscribe to the podcast so you're alerted as soon as season six drops. All right, we want to give a big shout out to Be Crimmy and the team over at The Sound Lounge who always makes us sound better than we are. Be well, be safe, and we'll see you back for season six of Influencer Business.